Can each of you do me a favor? With no clapping of your hands, but simply the fruit of your lips, can we begin to bless his name? Father, you're worthy. There's none like you. Come on, with the fruit of your lips, we bless your name. We honor you in this place. We say you are welcome in this place. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. I need us to do something. Before I take my text, my heart is heavy. I don't know why it seems like you know how people say you can't catch a break. Uh, my heart is very heavy this morning. I need y'all to pray for me and with me on this morning. And somebody say this is family business. This is family business. And what I'm saying is I don't want this to go outside the four walls of this church. If you're going to say anything about what I'm about to say, take it to God in prayer. Amen. That's including anybody that's watching. We're not in the business of gossiping. We're in the business of covering. Somebody say covering. Many of you may not know Miss um, Deborah and Brother Mitch, um, but they, they are a part of our church family. Uh, I got a text this morning from Deaconess Cindy concerning uh, Brother Mitch, and then I have spoken to Miss Deborah several times this morning. Uh, he's in ICU. He's not doing well. His body is shutting down. But somebody say, our God is greater. So hear this. I need y'all to strengthen me this morning, but I need the heavens to respond to our cries this morning. So wherever you are, begin to pray. I'm going to pray corporately. Pray like it was your father, like it was your brother. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. That you are God and God alone. Matter of fact, you're the God of all gods. Your word declares that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. That, that, that means there's no one greater than you. God, we call on that God. God, even as the prophet Elijah stood before the prophets of Baal, they called on their God and their God did not respond, but you respond to the prophet. So God, we call on that God who calls fire to come from the heavens. God, we need you to move. God, we're begging you to move. God, if you don't do it for us, God, do it for your name's sake. God, do it for your name's sake. God, do it for your name's sake. God, every inch of his hospital room, invade that place now, God, we pray. God, I pray, God, that you cover Miss Deborah's heart even now. God, keep and cover her, God. Cause her mind, God, to be in perfect peace. And God, we say this, as Jesus found himself in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but thine be done. So I come, God, with an agenda. Yes, I do. But we'll rest in your will and not ours. So God, let your will be done. And every heart that believes said, thank God. And amen. take up your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 13. It's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Hey, Sarah, I saw you this morning. It's so good to see you. Hey, Jeremy, it's so good to see you this morning. Matthew chapter 13. I want us to look at verses 18 through 23. I've been on this series called Whatever, Whatsoever a Man Soweth. I'm going to continue on that theme on today. Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 through 23. Y'all pray for me. The Bible declares, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. 
it's on your screens if you don't have it. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Somebody say immediately. Yet he who has no root in himself but endures only for a while for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Verse 22 says, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becomes unfruitful. Matter of fact, I want to stop at verse number 22. Verse number 18 again, therefore hear the parable of the sower. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister this morning concerning the barriers to our seeds. Somebody say the barriers to our seeds. I need us to understand this, that the enemy is aware that our seeds have the power to dictate our destiny. The enemy is aware. Somebody say the enemy is aware. And because the enemy knows this power that that lies within our seeds, he will always send devices against that which we sow. Somebody say barriers. In other words, he presents these barriers every time we want to sow in a manner that is pleasing to God, the enemy produces barriers. And I I taught about this last week. Uh, He presents barriers to the master of our seeds. In other words, the enemy does not want God to lord over our seeds, so he presents presents barriers Uh, he not only presents barriers to the master of our seed but he also presents barriers to the multiplication of our seed in other words the enemy does not want our seeds to benefit anybody else somebody say barriers and not only that he also presents barriers to the manifestation of our seeds in other words the enemy does not want the lord to be glorified through our seeds Even more, the enemy wants to present these barriers so that it might determine the magnitude of our seed. Uh, If y'all weren't with me, that's what we learned on last week. The enemy is aware of the power of our seeds. So he is determined. Watch this. He he either does um, one of two things. He knows the power of our seeds. So he tries to, in other words, prevent that which we sow and or he'll pervert that which we sow. Did y'all hear what I just said? He will prevent us from sowing what is pleasing to God, but if he can't prevent it, he'll pervert it. Somebody say, pervert it. In other words, corrupt our seeds. And this is why we must not be ignorant of the enemy's devices against our seeds. Uh, And herein lies one of the problems as it pertains to what we sow. Many believers are ignorant concerning their seeds and ignorant concerning Satan's intentions concerning our seeds. Many of us do not realize the power that we have in what we sow. Y'all stand with me? And if we're not, and even if we understand that there's power in our seeds, we have no clue of the enemy's intentions concerning our seeds. Oh, that's a sad tragedy to me. And, and somebody may be saying, why is understanding the enemy's devices against our seeds so significant? Because your ability to resist the barriers will determine if God will reign on your seed. If I don't resist the barriers of the enemy that are presented before my seed, God will never rain on my seed. Tell your neighbor, God won't bless your seed. How do I know? Consider Isaiah chapter 30, verse 23. I believe it's on our screens. Notice the response of God to the children of Israel after they resisted the enemy's barriers. The Bible says, then he will give the rain for your seed. Oh, that's good news right there. With which you sow the ground and the bread increase of the earth, it will be fat and plentiful. And in that day, your cattle will feed in large pastures. That means what you resist against your seed will determine the rain for your seed. Oh, tell your neighbor, I've got to resist. So this means you can't declare, Lord, rain down on my seed without resisting the barriers concerning my seed. Y'all got to stay with me this morning. I hope I'm not going too much over our, our frame of thinking this morning. The rain will only begin when barriers are broken against our seeds. So the Lord can rain on what we've sown. Anytime I sow, 
I, and, and, and listen, I, I need us to get this out of our mind because it's not just money. Tell your neighbor, it's not just money. Whenever I sow into anybody's life and into any ground, I want the Lord to rain on it. Right? Because void of the rain, and watch this, the Bible says some planted, some water, but God gives the increase. So I got to always be in a position where the seed that I've sown is, watch this, eligible for increase. And many of us are sowing seeds that are ineligible for increase. Oh, that's a sad tragedy. You got preachers telling you you're going to get blessed. Your seed is ineligible for increase. I've got to resist these barriers. Because it does not be matter if it begins with a seed if God does not bless your seed. Somebody say, we need the rain. In our foundational text, I believe we find how we can access the rain for our seed. The Lord's blessing. We find Jesus both revealing the barriers to our seeds and how we must resist the enemy's attacks against our seeds in this parable. If we want to declare with confidence, Lord, send the rain for what we've sown, then we must understand these barriers. And I need us to understand something that's critical. This is why throughout scripture, you would see this phrase. It would say, break up the fallow ground. You can see this throughout scripture. You see it in Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 3. You see it in Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. Because both what you sow and where you sow matters. Oh, did y'all hear that? This is why I said last week is not only how your um, only how your seed is governed, but the ground that is sown in matters as well. Y'all know a lot of folk just like to say because my heart was in the right place that all that matters. No, tell your neighbor the ground matters. So it matters where I sow my seed. You know what, sis? That means you can do a good deed for somebody that you think and you think I'm doing such a good deed in somebody's life. And God says that's not good ground. I've got to be careful concerning the ground that I sow my seeds. Tell you, neighbor, I can't waste my seeds. I've done help folk, and I realized, God, why are they still acting the same way? And God had to remind me that was not good ground. I don't care if you're crying. It may not be good ground. I know you're my mama, but it might not be good ground. Y'all don't like that. It doesn't matter if you have good intentions if it was not good ground. I was telling you, neighbor, don't sow everywhere. I believe this morning through this parable of Jesus, we learn the barriers to our seeds and how to break those barriers as well. So here's what I want to do. I always want to examine the text. So we walk away with something, y'all. Notice what verse number 19 says. The Bible says, when the enemy hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Here's what I need y'all to understand. The doctrine of devils has caused much of what we sown to die. And despite what you may believe, just as the Lord has doctrine, the enemy has doctrine as well. Somebody say teaching. Okay, stay with me. And this is why one of the barriers to our seeds is the theology of the enemy. In other words, the doctrine of the enemy or the teaching of the enemy. Because watch this. The theology of the enemy will teach you to sow until it hurts. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Have we ever heard that to sow until it hurts? Sow your last seed like it's all you got. Y'all heard that? That's a doctrine of devils. Somebody say a doctrine of devils. See, y'all not going to like this this morning. They will tell you to sow for your healing. Have you ever heard that across the pulpit? To sow for your healing and watch this. If we could just be avid students of the Bible, there was never, somebody say never. There's not one scripture that ever reveals somebody giving Jesus an offering before he healed them. But we receive it like it's good teaching. Somebody say that's a doctrine of devils. And not only that, they'll say sow to only help yourself. But somebody say the devil is a lie. We learned last week, if I'm going to sow God's souls, that I might be a sower as well. And it's not for me to eat my seed, but somebody to be blessed by my seed. Oh, how many times have they told you, how much do you want to be blessed? So sow this seed. It's a doctrine of devils. And y'all done ran around the church because you thought you was blessed. Tell your neighbor that was a, you was running for a doctrine of a devil. Watch this. Notice the transition of our foundational text. 
The Bible says when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the Bible says then, somebody say then, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That means the door for the enemy is open when you fail to receive sound doctrine. Did y'all hear what I just said? It's not about the church that got the best youth ministry. It's not about the church that has the best choir. It's not about the church that is just so laid out and got all the celebrities going to it. It's the church with sound doctrine. Somebody say sound doctrine. And many of us sit in churches not knowing when we say the Holy Spirit fill this place and really the enemy has walked on in. Because watch this, where there is no sound doctrine, the enemy has an open door. Oh, y'all, y'all got to stay with me this morning. He has an open door, an open door. Somebody say an open door. And watch this. Many of us, if we can be honest with ourselves, um, to include many, to include other believers sold into institution investments and the interests of individuals only to find out later that we were deceived. Deceived by what we thought they declared to be true. Y'all staying with me? Uh, We believe what they were telling us was true, but it was the theology of the enemy. And I know this may seem harsh this morning and hard for many to accept, but anything that is void of truth is the theology of the enemy. And watch this, I don't care if it was your mama or your man. If it was a lie, they were being used by the enemy. Did y'all hear what I just said? We can lie unintentionally because we took doctrine that we thought was sound because grandma gave it to me, mama gave it to me. And we think that we're doing the work of God, but wherever it's a lie, if you are being used by the enemy, tell your neighbor you being used by the enemy. See, y'all don't believe me. I need us to see it in the text. How do I know? Look at John chapter eight, verse 44. The Bible says, You are the father. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And watch this, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Oh, so that means if it's a lie, then they learned it from the father of lies. Did y'all hear what I just said? If it's a lie, I know, I know, listen, Pastor Keith done lied before, and it was from the father of lies. I don't care what you think, I don't care how much you love me, I don't care how much you love your mama, your best cousin, if they lied, they learned it from the father of lies. Why? Because the Bible says that lies come from the devil's resources. Oh, y'all don't like that this morning. Y'all don't like that this morning. So that means, watch this. Just, I need us to hear this and hear this good. Just because someone has a title does not mean they have correct theology. And here's what I'm trying to say. We have to stop listening to everyone who has a title, who has a platform, and somebody who got a little bit of name for themselves. I don't care about your name. Is it attached to the name of God? Watch, the enemy can use them too. The I'm telling you, folk with titles, the enemy can use them too. Notice this. If we can be honest, the enemy, some of our favorite preachers, some of our favorite prophets, and even some of our favorite pastors, the enemy has used them. Many of us have sold things blindly based on titles rather than theology. Because I trusted the fact that you had a title, I did not worry about your theology. And we get so hyped. Y'all know they bring bishops. They will bring folk with titles just to, just to watch this, lift an offering. Did y'all hear what I just said? Not to preach, not to teach, to lift an offering. I've seen some folk with big names get up there and they got a big name, y'all. National name. Word so sorry. Somebody say word so sorry. And then go lift an offering. And only because we have, they have a title, I, we do not listen to their theology. And we sold blindly, watch this, into the doctrine of devils. Ooh, somebody say the doctrine of devils. Oh, that's so dangerous, y'all. 
<gasps> we have to declare, if your theology don't line up with your title, I don't want it. And we get, listen, I'd rather be an outcast than being the fools that's receiving the doctrine of devils. And here's what happens. Because we don't want to be singled out and we see everybody in the offering line, we see everybody doing what, what they think we should do, then we, something in our spirit is bothering us knowing that we should do it. But I don't care if I'm singled out. God said he'll always use the remnant. Y'all better, stop, y'all better stop following the crowd and follow theology. Somebody say follow theology. Oh, I hope this helps somebody. Y'all help some of y'all friends going to these crazy churches. Hear this. Before we sow anything and into anyone, we must ask the Lord, is what they are saying true? Y'all heard what I just said? I'm going to give y'all a prime example. I remember a few years ago, I was young in my faith. I ain't know nothing about church. I ain't know all this church stuff. They brought a little prophet to the church. He started prophesying. And you know, he come, out, come up after, to me after church. And then he got my number. Oh, man of God, this and this and that. Listen, I ain't had no title in my life. But I just, I, I received it because I did not have any understanding of theology. So come, come, he took my number. Later on, me and my wife, way in Lakeland, y'all. About 40, 40 minutes hour away, he called me with some sob story. I ain't got no money, man of God. I ain't got no food to eat. And he started pulling on the, t- the, um, the strings of my heart. Yes. But I did not ask the Lord, is what they are saying true? I, and then I found myself telling your neighbor, I was a fool. Yeah, I was a fool. Pastor Keith got food, y'all. He, he fooled me because what he was saying was not true. And notice this. I need us to consider Proverbs chapter 18, verse 17. Is it on our screen? Notice what the Bible says. The first to plead his case seems right until another comes and examines him. That means sometimes you have to cross-examine even those who say they are called. Listen, I don't want y'all to get so caught up in the fact that I got a title, right, that you never listen to my theology. That's why I'm so critical about making sure I walk the text and that y'all walk away with a level of understanding. Because watch this. If the word is rooted in you, I'll never be able to deceive you. And we've got so many folk that the word is not rooted in them that they are deceived. How many slick talking men have deceived you? Watch this. Right out of y'all. I know know I'm saved and all of this, but this is what the world say out of your draws. Because what, you, what they said you thought was true. I'm trying to help y'all this morning. So we've got to make sure that God is what they're saying true. I've, sometimes you got to cross-examine even those that are called. I need to know if what you are saying is true. Therefore, watch this. Here's a good way. You've got to wait until the Lord responds. I know, listen. This is, this is why the Bible says... Don't give out of compulsion. He said, don't give too quickly. But you gotta, I don't care. Y'all know how they like to say, I need you to sow this right now. Your life is on the line. If you don't sow it in, in 30 minutes, in the next, tell your neighbor, wait on the Lord. I'm gonna wait until God responds. Because I don't watch this. Because I know the power of my seed, I don't wanna waste my seed. Y'all got that? So I've gotta wait on the Lord. Not only do I gotta wait on the Lord, for him to respond. I need to take time for reflection with the spirit. Somebody say test the spirit by the spirit. Many times your spirit knew that what they were saying was not true. But you did not take time for reflection with the spirit. That you said "Ah, something ain't right. Somebody say that's my spirit. So before you sow anything wait for God to respond. Give time for reflection with the spirit. And here's one if God don't respond, you're on your spirit off because you were just sinning. Somebody say, I was sinning. Here's, a, here's another one. You can reference it with his word. So if, he, if God don't respond, if I ain't got time to reflect with the spirit because my spirit jacked up, I can re- reference it with his word. Somebody say, with his word. I need us to see something. Look at Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 11. I believe it's on our screens. The Bible says, then the brethren immediately 
sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Somebody say they went to teach. Well, notice what the Bible says. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness. We should all be ready to receive the word when we come. But watch what they did as well. And search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. In other words, the Berarian Jews were more concerned about the theology of Paul and Silas. And somebody say Paul was an apostle. He wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. They were not enamored by his title. They were more concerned about his theology. You got folk that you're listening to based on titles and not their theology. The Bible says they were more fair-minded. That means more wise. So if I sold my stuff as a result of folk that got titles, tell your neighbor, I'm a fool. See, y'all don't like that this morning. The Bible says they were more fair-minded. I don't care, Paul. I know you done healed the dead. The dead. I know you done raised the dead. I know you done healed folk. I know all of that. I know that God had called you on the road to Damascus. But beyond that, here's why this is so critical. Because people can start right on the journey and end bad on the journey. Y'all know that? So even Pastor Keith can start off well. But if I give an open door to the enemy, then I'm, I'm subject to fall. And many of us watch this. We trust people based on their history and not their theology. I know I had history with you, but the way that I'm going to keep walking with you is if your theology lines up with the book. Tell your neighbor you got to line up with the book. I hope this helping somebody. Notice this. Why? Because here's why this is also critical. Because the enemy knows how to use those with a title to build your trust and only deceive you concerning your seed. Notice what Matthew 24, 24 says. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonder to deceive. Watch this. If possible, even the elect. Somebody say, that's me and you. That means the enemy is after the seeds of the elect. And he uses those watches that look like the elect, that sound like the elect, to deceive us. And the only way that I'm going to know the difference, somebody say, is by his word. Oh, I hope, I hope we're getting this. It's important to note that the enemy can always deceive you with doctrine when you don't know doctrine. What am I trying to say? The theology of the enemy will never be a barrier when you know the scriptures. Hear this, the Berarian Jews could only search the scriptures to the degree that they knew the scriptures. So in other words, get in the book and study to show yourself approved. The reason I can only test the scriptures according to what they're saying by what, what word is in me. This is why David said that word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And watch this. Sin is not always this egregious thing. Sin is simply when I go in contrary to God's design for my life. So, so David said, I've got to hide this word in my heart so much so that I don't sow a seed that is contrary to the design that you have for my life. And many of us, we've got fooled by folk across pulpits folk that we trusted because we did not have that level of word within us. You can only be deceived by the degree which the word is not in you. Tell your neighbor, I've got to get the word in me. This is why I, I'm not pubbing our church. Listen, there's a whole bunch of preachers that can teach. But you got to make sure that you're in a church that's teaching. Okay, we like to go for hype. We like to go for celebrity status. But nobody wants to hear teaching. And the only thing that's going to keep us aligned in our walk with God is somebody say, it's sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. So I've got to make sure that. And this is why I, I don't, I don't want to belabor this point. But this is why it's so critical to take notes when you're in church. Jot some stuff down. Because here's what you've got to do. You've got to be like the Berarian Jews and search the scriptures to ensure what Pastor Keith was saying is so. 
Because I can be charismatic up here. I can do all of this. Y'all be like, oh, this thing good. And then you miss something that was not so. And that's what they do. They, they, they cloak it with care, charisma. Right, so I'm so enamored in the charisma that I miss the theology. Ooh, help us today, God. So y'all better search these scriptures and make sure what Pastor Keith is saying is true. So not only that, I said we get the bear, one of the berries of our seed is the theology of the enemy. Now let's look at verse 20 through 21. The Bible says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. In other words, what I'm trying to say, your posture during times of trouble and trials will determine what you plant. Somebody say my posture. Your, your posture matters. Many folk lose it and get bent out of shape during trials and trouble. And somebody may be saying, how do I know? There are believers that allow the trials and troubles of life to determine their disposition. And, when they're dis and then their disposition determines what they sow. What do I mean? The trials of life can many times cause us to sow discontentment. Y'all know that? You get bent out of shape and you just become discontent with life. All right? When the Bible says that we should always have this level of joy, you get discontented. Uh, not only that, in times of, of trials and tribulation, it can cause you to sow, somebody say depression. And many folk fall into depression when, when, when trials and tribulations come, when our minds should be in perfect peace. And not only this, not only that, we will even sow defilement. Somebody say sin. Because we get so bent out of shape, we don't know how else to cope with it. I cope with it by way of sin. And tell your neighbor, that's not what I should sow. It is all based on my disposition. And here's what we've got to understand. The Bible says that many are the afflictions. Somebody say many. many. The Bible says in this world, you'll have many troubles. Somebody say many. many. So that means not, not only saved and unsaved folk go through trials and tribulation. And the Bible says many. So in other words, if, if we all go through stuff, there has to be something that distinguishes me from the world. Somebody say, it's my disposition. So I've got to be concerned about my disposition in times of, of, of trials and trouble because it's going to determine what I plant. Uh, so watch this. Uh, notice what James 1, um, 2 through 4 declares. The Bible says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. In other words, discontentment, depression, and defilement are contrary to the posture that God calls us to in times of trials and trouble. And if we can be honest, what we sowed during times of trouble tainted our harvest. Did y'all hear what I just said? If we can really be honest... When there was trial and trouble in our life, we sold things that tainted our harvest. Y'all don't believe me. It may not be you, but it's pro it probably your friend. Somebody done sold some stuff that tainted your harvest. Many to include believers, watch this, reaped addictions because of what we sold during times of trials and trouble. Somebody say addictions. Not only that, many of us reaped some, some afflictions in our life as a result of what we sold in times of trouble. Somebody say afflictions. And many of us even reaped abandonment as a result of what we sowed in time. Because y'all know we know how to cut folk out in times of trouble and trial. And we wonder why folk don't want to do us no more. We reap abandonment. Somebody say abandonment. abandonment. What you sow in times of trials and trouble will taint your harvest. Oh, tell your neighbor, don't taint your harvest. And therefore, the question you got to ask yourselves is, how do you respond to the trials of life. What is our disposition in the face of trouble? Because your posture will always determine what you plant. Notice this. I believe it's on our screen. I need us to understand something. The intent of the enemy is for you to sow iniquity in times of trouble. The enemy brings, uses, and magnifies times of trouble in your life to cause you to sow iniquity. 
Ah, I believe it's on our screen. What, what, uh, Proverbs chapter 22 verse 8 declares, he who sows iniquity will reap sorrow. That means the enemy desires for the seed you plant during times of trouble to produce sorrow. So watch this. So could it be much of the sorrow that we experience in life is not seasonal, but it's as a result of the seeds that we sow? Y'all got to stay with me. I, I taught this sermon series about sorrow and grief. And I said that sorrow and grief is seasonal. But watch this. Many of us uh, watch this give interest for sorrow in our lives because we sown iniquity in times of trials and trouble. So maybe here's one of the questions we got to ask ourselves. When we go through sorrow, we've got to ask ourselves, was it seasonal or was it sin? Because many of that is the seeds that we sown in times of trials and trouble. Oh, I know we don't like that. Somebody say unnecessary sorrow. And this is why the trials of life can be a barrier to the seeds we sow. Our disposition must be steadfast and not sin. Faithfulness and not flesh. Perseverance and not perverse. And this is why our foundational text says this in verse 21. Yet he who has no root himself endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, somebody say he stumbles. Because when you're not postured during times of trials and trouble, you will never plant seeds that are pleasing to the Lord. This is critical, y'all. And I need us to understand this. Because most of our life, I know we don't like this as believers, is spent in affliction, is spent in times of trouble. This is why when I got the call this morning, I'm like, Lord, something else. But God is looking and wants to ensure that my disposition does not change. There's a difference between your disposition and your soul. My, my soul is my emotions. I may be grieved. I may be going through. But my disposition in the spirit should not change. And here's the problem with many believers when we go through trials and trouble. It's not that your soul is jacked up. It's that your spirit is jacked up. And your spirit will cause you to sow iniquity. Somebody say sin. Oh, I want everything that I sow in every season of my life. This is why if you want every season of your life to be blessed, you've got to manage your disposition. Did y'all hear what I just said? Not the money that you sow. You've got to manage your disposition. I want my disposition to always be in a way, no, no matter what life brings me, that God can look upon my disposition and be pleased. This is why the Bible says in Psalms that God is looking down on the men in the earth to see if any are faithful. What he's really saying, I'm looking for their disposition in all times of their lives. Is there anybody that can keep their disposition up? I know your soul may be troubled, but is your disposition right? Oh, tell your neighbor, keep your disposition right. So, so not only that, I said that we got to be careful about the theology of the enemy. We, we've got to be careful uh, about, about our, our disposition during when we sow. And notice this, I want to look at verse 22 and I'm going to be out your way. The Bible says, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Carnality will always cause you to choke your seed. And herein lies the reason why many never see the fruit of their seeds. Because many people are too carnal. I'm not saying you come to church, somebody say you still carnal. I'm not saying you sing on the choir, somebody say you still carnal. I don't care that you go to all the outreaches and the evangelism stuff. We got folk that do will evangelize. And I'm like, daughter, you are carnal. Okay, carnality, carnality. So, so I've got to be concerned about the temptations of my flesh. Because watch this, carnality will cause you to do one or two things. So for the wrong reasons are so into things that are not righteous. This is why I've got to check my sin life. Because it will cause me to sow for the wrong reasons are so into things that are not righteous. What am I trying to say? Uh, carnality will cause you to sow as a last resort. Somebody say last resort. I've seen people sow not because they trust God, because they failed to try God. Did y'all catch what I just said? And then when it gets, when it gets so bad, 
I'm going to sow a prayer. I'm going to call on the prayer team, the intercessors, not because of anything else that I trust God, but I failed to try God. So how many of y'all have seen heathens try God as a last resort? I done tried everything else. So I'm just, I guess I might as well try God. Somebody say the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Many of us have, watch this, so because you're self-righteous. In other words, somebody say so to be seen. I done seen folk want to be close and buddy buddy with the pastor. So, oh, pastor, I'm going to sow my thousand dollar seed. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going, y'all know folk, listen, we do this as a church as well, but folk will take pictures. They ain't never served nobody in their whole life, but they choose to serve one day out of the week. Oh, I'm going to post this. Y'all see me? I'm serving y'all. They sow to be seen. Somebody say the wrong reasons. I don't want to sow as a last resort. I don't want to sow to be self-righteous. And even some people sow to be rich. Somebody say that's not righteous. You, 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 you hear the preacher say, if you want to be blessed, if you wanted to be this, if you want to be that. So I sow not with the intentions of helping anybody else, not with the intentions of glorifying God, but so that I might be rich. And watch this. We got, we got churches that teach that. I've heard people say, and this grieves me in my spirit. Don't y'all ever go to a church where they, during the offering, they tell y'all to do. Y'all know they have little quotes when they do offerings. And you got folk that say, money cometh to me now. Somebody say, that's, that's the devil. When all you focus on is earthly riches, the Bible says you produce for yourself many great pangs. In other words, uh, the, these afflictions that you lay upon yourself because all you want to do is somebody say, be rich. And this is why the temptations of our flesh can be a barrier to our seeds. This is why, here's what we got to do. Somebody say, Pastor Keith, I'm in this world. It's just too much around me. You've always got to know the condition of your heart before you sow any seed. Did y'all hear what I just said? Always know the condition of your heart before you sow any seed. Because I want to make sure that as much as I can, that I remove the temptations of the flesh. I'm going to tell y'all how we can do this. I've got to examine my heart. Uh, notice what um, Proverbs 27, 19 declares. Is it on our screen? Notice what the Bible says. As water face reflects um, um, face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Therefore, the condition of the heart reveals the condition of me. Uh, where flesh has made room and carnality rise, resides, the heart will always reveal the temptations of our flesh. And what has the ability to choke our seeds? And here's a good litmus test. Somebody may be saying, well, Pastor Keith, I get all that. I see the word. But what's a good um, litmus test? What's something that I can apply to my life? Uh, we got to ask ourselves, here's a good question. Why am I sowing this? The way that you examine the condition of your heart, you've got to ask yourself, somebody repeat after me. Why, why am, I am I sowing this? It will always make sure, watch this. Y'all know, we've heard this from the pulpit, what we did not understand what it means. If, if you're not going to sow it cheerfully, then don't sow it. In other, what the, in other words, what the pastor was really trying to relate, make sure that the condition of your heart is in the right place before you sow. All right? So I've always got to ask myself, why am I sowing this? And somebody may be saying, how does that help me? Because your why will always reveal if your sowing is rooted in sin. If our why is not rooted in the purpose of God, the plans of God, or the person of God, then it may be tied to the temptation of our flesh. That's a quick way. Why am I sowing this? Why am I giving to this person? Why am I doing X, Y, and Z? Why am I giving of my time to do this? Why am I giving all of my money? Why should I give my whole paycheck and call it a first fruit? Why? If I can just find out the why, then I realize if my why is rooted in sin. I don't want my sowing to be rooted in sin. Somebody say, I've got to ask myself why. And notice this. Watch what 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 9 declares. It warns us with these words. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men and destruction and perdition. When the temptations of our flesh 
lead us to sow, then not only will our seeds be snared, but so will I. If I don't realize that I'm sowing as a result of the temptations of my flesh, I get, listen, God can give me and replace another seed, but the problem is I don't want to be snared. Tell your neighbor, I don't want to be snared. And many of us have been snared, not only our seeds, because we sold as a result of the temptations of our flesh. Oh, tell your neighbor, say ungodly desires. Ungodly desires. And if we can be honest, many of us found ourselves snared because we sold due to sin. And this is why the temptations of our flesh can be a barrier to our seed. And why we must be mindful of our ungodly desires as we sow. Tell your neighbor, ask yourself why. Our ability to resist the enemy's barriers to our seeds will determine if the Lord will send the rain. Uh, We've got to always, every time we sow, somebody say, we need God. We need God to send the rain. I don't care how many seeds you sow. I don't care if you think this is a good investment. And listen, I got to say this because this hit me. And I meant to say this earlier. I'm, I'm so grieved in my spirit, and this has to do with the theology of the enemy. Listen, none of y'all, none of y'all got a degree in investments. Anybody got a degree in investments? Anybody in this room got a degree in investments? All right, none of y'all stay off the stock market, okay? Y'all stay off the stock market. It's this new thing going around where pastors are trying to ensnare their members and telling them that they can build wealth off of the stock market. Somebody say it's multi-level marketing. I'm looking at this and folk are using their titles to ensnare their members. And watch this. When you get down to the root of it, they're they're around here saying, I want all my members to be blessed. I want everybody to walk in a wealthy place. But if you get down to their why, I bet you it's to benefit them and no one else. Because y'all know how multi-level marketing work, right? The person at the top going to get the most money. And I'm watching folk give up all their money. Listen, y'all, you barely pass economics. Somebody say barely. And you think in a few Zoom classes that you're going to master the stock market. It's folk that spend their whole career examining and dissecting that market. Listen, y'all don't come up in here with that foolishness. If you already involved in that, don't ask none of my members because I'm going to kick your behind out. It's a theology of the enemy. I'm trying to help y'all. And listen, I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. I was fooled, y'all. Somebody say I was fooled. Back in the day, there was this thing called Vaisalus. And I thought it was a good thing because all the saints doing it. And they said, you can own your own business for $500. Me and my wife gave up $500. Somebody say we out of $500. We out of it. And I'm like, and folks. Because they trust folk with titles. It's so sad, y'all. I said last week I'm about to cuss. I'm really about to cuss. Because watch this. Our prayer must be, if we're going to sow this, that God will also bless this. Yet the blessing of our seeds require that we have revelation of the barriers to our seeds. And that we resist and break down those barriers. The enemy understands the powers of our seeds. He understands it. And this is why he always uses people that are close to us. He always uses people that can put on our heartstrings. He always uses people that we seemingly trust because we're in relationship with them. Because the enemy knows the power of our seeds. And I said this last week, remember, it begins with a seed. So the very desires that I have for my life, the very dreams that I have for my life, even the destiny over my life begins with a seed. So watch this. If the enemy can't prevent me from sowing, he's always going to pervert that seed. The enemy does not want you to get to the place that he wants you to get. He don't like me because I'm, I'm teaching this word. I promise you that. I promise you that. Because watch this. Our seeds will be presented, watch this, with the theology of the enemy. The trials of life and the temptations of our flesh. And the enemy presents these barriers so our seeds won't be blessed. But I need us to see something in verse 23 of our foundational text. Notice what the Bible says. But he who received the seed on the good ground. Somebody say good ground. 
It matters where you sow. And he who hears the word and understands it and indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Somebody say, I'll always have a harvest. Ooh, that's good news. You might have got a hundred, but I still got my harvest. In other words, the seed that the enemy can't touch, watch this, God will. The seed that the enemy can't get his hands on, God will. Whenever I sow the seed with the right intentions and I can get the barriers out of the way, God will always touch that seed. The Bible never said that that seed that fell on good ground, maybe it will grow. Maybe it will produce a harvest. It said some hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. That means God will. Somebody say God will. I always want to be in a position when I sow a seed that God will. Not, not that he may, not that he may do it, but I need to be in a position where I sow seed that God will. And people don't teach this. They teach us about always being blessed. If you want to be blessed, you always got to sow more money. If you want to be blessed, you always. No, I just want to be blessed in this manner. That I sow well, I maneuver away from the barriers of the enemy. That I can get my seed into good ground. And God says, if you sow it into good ground, someone say, God will. God will touch your seed. His divine hand will always be on your seed. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all got to stop listening to some preachers. Stop listening to some pastors. Stop sowing seeds into fools, y'all. Stop, stop blindly doing that. I can... Here's the problem. We've got many people that know it in their spirit. And we still do it. I've had conversation with folk. And we done dialogued over this thing. Somebody say they still at that church. Wrestling and struggling with stuff that God has already made plain. And you wonder why sis? Folk that you've walked and been in ministry with and you wonder why are you still stagnant in your walk? Why are you still in the same place when I was there 3, 10, 15 years ago? Because watch this. God ain't gonna touch what the enemies touch. So much of what they think they're doing because of this. And listen, you better be careful about honoring folk that are teaching the theology of the enemy. Because many of us will do things and we think that I should not say anything, that I should not um, um, go against the grain because of this word called honor. And many of us, because you're honoring, God's hand is not on your seed. Honor will keep God's hand off your seed. When it's honor that is not pleasing to God. And we wonder why they're still in the same place. Because they've been sowing seeds in the ground that God will never touch. Help us today. Let us stand to our feet. I need God. Watch this. We've wasted seeds. I've wasted seeds. I've had to repent. I've even told God, one of the things that y'all will notice about me, I never, somebody say never. Never. I never do offering because I use this place as a perverse tool and instrument for the enemy. I've been used, y'all, to cause people to sow out of their lack, not out of their abundance. To sow based on the theology of the enemy. I've been, I've been wrong of causing people to sow seeds that God never put his hand on. Listen, I don't know what y'all ever sowed and you knew God ain't put your hand on it. Get that on your mind. I'm asking God for repentance in this moment. For myself, let's ask God to forgive us. God, forgive us, God, for sowing seeds, God, that were not pleasing to you. God, forgive us, God, for sowing seeds, God, that the enemy's hand is on. God, forgive us, God, for sowing seeds, God, that we cause your hand not to touch. God, forgive us. God, help us in this moment, God. Your word declares, God, that you'll give seed to the sower. God, many of us, God, not knowing God, have sown seed that the enemy has simply snatched away. And God, we ask for your forgiveness. God, we sowed seeds, God, that we knew would not benefit anybody else. Matter of fact, God, it benefited some preacher, but it didn't benefit God's people. Forgive us, God, we pray. God, we pray, God, that you'll always cause us to be aware of the theology of the enemy. God, we won't get caught up in a title, but God will be concerned about their theology. I don't care if they're a guest preacher. I don't care if they're an apostle. I don't care 
if they got 30, 40, 50 churches, God will be concerned about their theology. Our seeds have too much power, God. God, they can dictate our very destinies because it begins with a seed. And God, I pray, God, for how we maneuver through the trials of life. God, our souls may be troubled, but let our spirit always be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in your work. That our labor may not be in vain. Let us not sow seeds, God, that will be in vain. But let us be steadfast and not sin. Let us be faithful, God, and not full of flesh. God, let us persevere, God, and not be perverse. Let our disposition be pleasing to you. And God, we even thank you, God. God, as we understand the theology of the enemy, God, if we understand the trials of life, God, God, we, we want to be sure, God, that your hand can be upon our seat. God, help us to be steadfast. God, we pray, God, and we ask for forgiveness for every seed that the enemy has touched. For every seed that the enemy has snatched. Help us, God, we pray. We love you, God. We adore you, God. We want you to be pleased with every seed. Let us be able to remove and resist the barriers, God, we pray. And God, you said in your word that you will give seed to the sower. For every seed, God, that we threw away, God, give us more seed, God, we pray. Somebody say more seed. God, for every seed, God, that we got to repent over, God, God, give us more seed. Somebody say more seed. God, for every seed, God, that was our fault and we gave an open door to the enemy, God, give us more seed. Somebody say more seed. We love you and adore you, God. We need you to rain on all of our seeds. And for every believer that wants God to rain on your seed, say thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There may be somebody this morning who says, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't even know, I don't, I don't even have the ability for God to reign on my seed because I'm not in relationship with him. God will only reign on seeds that he's in relationship with the one who's sowing. So if you say I need to be in relationship with God this morning, I need to give my life to Christ. If that's you, all you got to do is slip up your hand. I'm not saved. I want to be in relationship with Christ. And even if that's not you, it may be somebody on the line, online watching. You say, I need to be in relationship with God. That's you. I just want you to just say, that's me. I need to be in relationship with God. Put that in the comment box. And I want to pray for you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the one that has declared, God, that they need you. Without you, God, you can't rain on none of our seeds. So, God, we thank you, God, that we need you. Your word declares, God, that if we can confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts, that we can be saved. Thank you, God, for this one this morning who's confessing who's believing that they're a sinner in need of a savior. They can't do it on their own, God, but they know that you died, you sent your son to die on the cross. He was in the grave for three days, but then he got up with all power. God, they know that they're in need of a savior. And God, they know, God, that Jesus is that only savior. For John 14, 6 says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. Many of us have listened to doctrines that say we could get to God any kind of way. But not so. It's only Jesus Christ. They believe that, God, and they're confessing that this morning. And God, they also are going to say, they're not going to wait to the end of times for their knee to bow and their tongue to confess. In other words, God, they're going to submit to you. They're going to allow the Lord to lord over them. And that they're going to do whatever you tell them to do. Say whatever you tell them to say. Because that, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of their lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for whoever gave their life to Christ. Somebody this morning may be saying, Pastor Keith, I need to be connected to this church. I've been in churches and I thought I was getting right teaching, right doctrine, but I realized I was just dancing with fools. Somebody say dancing with fools. Many of us have been at churches where we've been dancing with fools because the doctrine was off. And you said, I feel, I feel a connection to this place. I feel like I need to be connected to this place. I feel like I can grow in this place. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. You say you want to be connected and in covenant with this church. I just ask if you slip up your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Tonight? 
Hey, I want to say this, and I'll say this publicly. I want you to know this, James and Brittany. I don't, I don't consider myself a pastor, but I consider myself a shepherd. That's why I'm so intentional about making sure that when people come to church, that they don't walk away with an emotion or a feeling, but they walk away with something that can keep them going in this thing called journey, this journey called life. So in other words, what I'm saying, I'm going to do all that I can to shepherd you. I'm going to do all I can. And I know this, hear this, a shepherd's job is a dirty job. That means I've got to fend off wolves on your behalf. That means I've got to get in dirty places on your behalf. That means that I've got to lead and guide you to places on your behalf. That's what I'm going to try to do in, in this journey. As long as you're in covenant with this church, I promise that I'm going to do all that I can to be your shepherd. I'm not simply concerned about growing this church, but I'm concerned about giving covering and accountability for your souls. So whatever God has called you to be, I'm going to do all I can to make sure that it's fulfilled in the earth. Amen. Can we give them a hand clap of praise? If there's anybody else, I just you can slip your hand up. If anybody's watching online, you can just say, hey, I want to join. And somebody will connect with you. We want to be in covenant with you as well. Amen. Is, is Pastor Cole around? Okay, I need him. I need him. Oh, well, I got Minister Dominique. Amen. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for Minister Dominique?